Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you, and enjoy. Well, before we get going, full disclosure, I have like five homilies in my head this weekend about this because there's so much going on, and I promise I'll only give one of them, so don't get nervous, but yeah, there's a lot going on. And I think the first thing that uh, I've been kind of wrestling with, and as I've been listening to this just today, as I was praying this morning, I try to do a holy hour every morning, and this morning I was praying with the gospel, and what drew my attention was, you have these, back then it would have most likely been all men, these men who are kind of wine growers, taking care of the owner's vineyard, right? and these wine growers become murderers. Like, I don't know about you, but like, when I think of like wine people, they tend to be pretty like high cultured, nice sweaters, khaki pants, perfectly groomed hair. You go in and say, I like red. They say words you don't understand and you end up spending more money on wine than you planned. Like those people. They seem very kind. They know exactly what kind of cheese that I can't pronounce goes with the wine that I didn't want. Everything, right? They, became murderers. Like something happened pretty quickly, right? Something changed in their skill set and in their hearts to move from one to the other. And so the question becomes very clearly, what changed? What happened? And then we have to remember to really enter in is that Jesus is telling a parable. Everyone uses different kinds of speech, right? So if you're telling me a joke, you're going to speak one way. If you're sharing your heart with me, you're going to share another way. If I'm passing you like at a coffee shop or something, and I say, how's your day? You're going to talk a different way. So the Lord embodies, God becomes flesh, and takes on all different ways of human speech. This is called a parable. And so he's telling a story to reveal something about God and about our relationship to God. So knowing that, let's enter in. Pope St. John Paul II said, all human evil. And that's a dramatic word we don't like using. So let's just say all the pain and problems and brokenness in our culture, in our world, in our hearts, in our schools, in our home, on our social media sites, right? Everything in all of human history comes from the book of Genesis chapter 3, known as original sin. It's when Adam and Eve lied to by the devil, conceive a distorted notion of God, right? They start to believe lies about God. And when that happens, their hearts go from, I love you, Lord, to, I don't know about that, I got to do stuff on my own. They went from open trust to, I got to get life on my own. I got to look out for me because I don't know about God. John Paul II sums it up this way. He says, this original sin attempts to abolish the fatherhood of God. Now, all of us, some of us are dads. Some, all of us, you know, had a dad. We know him well. We don't. He might have been great, might have been not so great. But either way, God is Abba, which means dad. And he's a really good dad. Right? He has a heart just for you. 
And I don't mean collectively, I mean by name. And he thought this world would be better with you in it than without you in it. That's why he chose for there to be a you. That's why he created you and me. And so he's wild about us. But it doesn't take long looking at our own lives and the way we live to realize, boy, in our own hearts, we carry a different understanding of God. We sometimes think our ideas of happiness and pleasure and joy and goodness in God's plans are against each other. That if I grow closer to God, I'm going to be less happy. Like, I'll just raise my hand. I'm a priest and I feel that often. Right? That the notion that if I grow, if I give Jesus everything, if I really surrender him and say, Jesus, you're now Lord, I'm going to be one of those weird Jesus people from now on. Aren't I going to be miserable, sad, lonely, missing out? Isn't life going to get dull? Aren't I just going to be like alone in a white room holding a cross and just waiting till the end? Right? There's something in us that thinks God's plan, us trusting him and our happiness is at war. This is what John Paul II, Pope John Paul II was getting at. This is what the Bible's trying to reveal. This is what Jesus is getting at. Is these wine people, right, for lack of a better term, right, the ultimate fulfillment of their lives was on the line. They wanted happiness. They wanted fulfillment. They wanted joy. They wanted peace. They wanted safety. They wanted hope and goodness. And they didn't know if the landowner, i.e. God, wanted it for them as much. And so they had to get it on their own. They were going to be in charge. Their will, their way, their timing. And so what Jesus is trying to do in this parable is illustrate in us that rebellion, that doubt, that fear, that self-reliance. And do you know how he heals it? By revealing the face of God. Like, I just want to think, I just want you to think for a minute about like your favorite possession. Imagine like you mailed it to a friend to see and they just destroy it right away. So they could say it's a gold vase from your great, 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 great grandfather, right? And they say, oh, that's nice. And they just smash it on the ground right away. Your next response would not be to send them more vases. But notice what Jesus does. Jesus says, listen, the Father sent all sorts of prophets and leaders to humanity to guide them and help them. And they beat them up, they mocked them, and they killed them. Jesus, what does the landowner do? Sends more. The landowner doesn't hire an army to kill people. He sends them more. He continues to be generous. When they kill that group, he ups the ante and God gives us his heart. He gives us his son. And Jesus says, he gives the son over knowing what they're going to do. Like the father sent the son into the world not thinking we'd have parades and everyone would be a fan. The Father sent Jesus in the world knowing that we didn't want his voice. Knowing that even us in the pews, us who wear Roman collars, 24 hours a day, we don't love Jesus. We find him annoying at times and a hindrance. That's why we have to use the word repentance and we don't like it. Our egos say, no, not me. 
He knew that, and he sent him anyways. Because he knew that if he could send the Son, we could have a chance. If we could just see in Jesus that God is not at war, but he takes all of our anger, all of our sins, all of our pride, envy, lust, greed, gluttony, he takes it all, and he says, I'm not fighting you back. I'm just going to bleed out of love for you. I will not go tick for tack. And so Jesus asked the vineyard owners, or the, the tenants, he says, so, like, what do you think the landowner is now going to do once they kill the son? And they're like, oh, he's going to get him. And they said, he's going to put those wretched people to a wretched death. And notice Jesus doesn't say, you're right. Jesus does not say, you're right. God is going to get you. Instead, he says, don't you realize the stone that is rejected has been the corners, become the cornerstone? Meaning Jesus is trying to tutor us saying, don't you realize like when you reject me, it's still a part of my plan for you. I'm still at work using your own rejections to bring you to me. I'm going to love the sin out of you, not overpower you. I'm going to outmaneuver you with love and mercy. God wants to win our hearts back. But so often, the deepest desires that we're looking for in our real life, we don't actually entrust to God. We say, all right, I'll give you my little prayer time, and the rest of my life is up to me. And Jesus is trying to say, the Father knows your heart. He's very much interested in fulfilling you. And he has plans that are only going to bring you joy and happiness. And then Jesus says, would you please trust him? And so today I'm going to give us a little bit of silence before we continue with Mass. And I'm just going to ask you to kind of look over your life in a little bit. And I'm going to ask you to see, like, where are you kind of hedging your bets with God? Like, I'll trust you with this, but nah, I don't think you're really going to help me over here. Right? Like, all right, God, I'll trust you with my prayer life on Sunday nights with Life Team, but like, doing well in school? I don't know. Lord, I'm going to trust you, right, with my rosary time or maybe even my kids, but that you could renew my marriage? Or like, all right, Lord, I'm going to trust you that when I go to confession, you'll forgive me, but that you're going to provide a job for me. It just seems like it's been too long. And in the waiting, I've conceived an idea that you don't care because waiting's hard. And so let's just take a little bit of time and find out what's going on. Where are we at with God? Where have we decided on our own? He must not care. And maybe today when I offer the gifts of bread and wine, you can put your heart up there. And Jesus can meet you with a lot of mercy. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church, Brexville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.